What's up, Warriors Plus Minus listeners? Quick note before this podcast begins, a podcast full of hot takes. One of those hot takes is about Paul George's playoff P. But we tape on Tuesdays and release on Wednesdays. And I mean Tuesday morning, not Tuesday night. So we are slaying some Paul George disrespect. And Paul George answered it after the podcast was taped with a terrific game in a Clippers win on Tuesday night. So uh, know that while you're listening, that the words were spoken before playoff P put us all across the country in our place. Plus minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you say? Plus minus. Marcus Thompson. Marcus always telling the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well plus respected. Minus. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome to Warriors Plus Minus. We have our homie back, Anthony Slater, fresh off the Lakers beat, fresh off matrimony, fresh off. Did you go somewhere? You didn't even go anywhere, huh? I can't even say you fresh off a honeymoon vacation. Slater's here. We got Slater's here. That's what we got. We got Tim Kawakami, the boss man. We got Mr. Ratings himself, a.k.a. Trouble Starter, a.k.a. Uh, Missing David Stern, a.k.a. <laughs> Rabble Rouser, <laughs> Ethan Strauss. Let's go. Warriors Plus Minus is in the building. There's one way for the NBA to get better ratings. Put Ethan on the games. Oh, that yes. would get ratings. That oh, would yes. Ratings. You know what? They're listening to every word we're saying. They're parsing it. So, yeah, I better make clear. That's a joke. I'm being facetious with that NBA. So in case you parse it out and send it to people. I'm like one of those exiles waiting for the coup so I could be put in charge by... Uh, oh, by that I'm going to hear about. Now I'm going to get an email about this. I'm going to get an email about this. So thanks uh. a lot, Ethan. Thanks a lot. Are you getting emails, Tim? What, what uh, are you no comment about? on that. No comment. Clearly, what I didn't have to the Bob Myers. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, guys. So I've got a question. So I've <laughs> Look got... at Slater. Cut right through it. Go I've got it. a question. We have two very high drama Game 5s coming up. Mavs Clippers should be really good. Rockets Thunder's turning into a really good series. And we're going to have a great second round in the East. The East first round was terrible. The East second round has two really good matchups. The West second round will have at least one good matchup, maybe two. I think the conference fine. Like Everything seems to be heading towards what should be really good basketball and what already has been. So, Ethan, do we think the ratings are going to get an uptick? Because the product, I think, inarguably has been really good. They have a little pocket, I think, before football comes onto the scene. It's a pocket in which things are getting more interesting there's not a whole lot else on television i guess this week you've got the rnc like last week he had the dnc so i think they they have like a little pocket of smooth air if you're flying a plane where it's going to get a little better and seeing a little life in the ratings for los Luca versus the clipper games they're starting to approach the laker numbers which is a shocker and completely would not be true regular season Mavs or Clippers. So that's the interesting thing I'm seeing right now is a little bit of life in those in those numbers. That's intriguing going forward. Probably not any question that the ratings would be better for the league if Luka gets past the Clippers versus the other way around. Yep. This is Luka magic, baby. Yep. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. This is Montrez Harrell magic. Montrez Harrell. <laughs> you know what they could really have used was second round that included both the Mavericks and the Clippers instead of Utah, who's about to be in the second round. Like, if they could have got Mavericks Lakers on one side and Clippers Rockets on the other or something like that. Oh, picking on poor Utah. Picking on poor That Denver-Utah series is just, (laughs) I'm just sorry, but it just doesn't fit the rest of the West series. It's hard to predict, too, because it's not like Luka was any kind of draw before this, and then interesting playoff-y things happen, slash culture war things, and then suddenly the spotlight was on Clippers versus the Mavericks. I think, Marcus, didn't you write about Luka as uh, this emerging force in the NBA? It seems like it's happening right now, that it it couldn't have been predicted. I mean, it could be predicted, right, because this is when it happens. This is when you become that dude in basketball. Like It couldn't be predicted that it was going to happen. Playoffs is where these figures are made. 
they're not really made in a regular season. I mean, you do get a little vibe in the regular season, but when you when you're really trying to make a name for yourself, you got to do it in the postseason. Not only that, he created the moment of the playoffs so far, right? Uh, maybe second moment. I, I do think Dame dropping sixty one and screaming at the camera was a pretty that big wasn't deal. playoff. Oh, it wasn't. That's right. That was in the that was seeding game. Do we want to talk about Damian Lillard in the playoffs? <laughs> no. we, 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 we definitely can. We definitely can. Lillard's but, brand is so good that we only care about the good stuff that you were saying. Luca created like the memorable moment that and that stuff matters, right? And Ethan, you were talking about, hey, there's this big TV deal. This is probably bad timing. But like as I was writing this piece, much to Tim Kawakami's chagrin. <laughs> no, not the piece. It was the, it was someone else assigned it to him and Mark had written about thirty seconds as opposed to the normal timing with my stories. As I was writing this, I'm thinking, man, I'm on top of this. I can't wait to see what Tim Kawakami has to say about the timeliness of this piece. But as I was writing it, I was thinking, like, this, this is it. This is the answer. It's always the answer. It's the answer for how the league became the league. It's us. Who's the star? Who is the star? That will make all this stuff that we've been talking about irrelevant because that's really what it takes, right? And every moment that the league is in trouble, every moment that people are like, I don't know, this is too many drugs, they fight too much, they they wear jerseys and chains on the side. The answer to all of it is always a superstar. That's the answer. It's LeBron, it's Kobe, it's Shaq, it's Steph Curry, right? And Luca for my money, became that guy. He became the guy where it's like, yo, I don't know what to watch. Nuggets, jazz is awful, but I'll watch Luca, <laughs> right? I, I, I do feel like he became a guy that will be a magnet. So I could just picture Adam Silver and company like dancing in the office because that, that was a big moment. It goes that way, right? Where the least watched NBA Finals ever i mean maybe if we went back and had better numbers we could say the 80s but in the modern nba you know post three-point line it had lebron james in it which is surprising it had lebron james in it it was that 2007 Cavs, but it was Spurs, his first one but it was his first one and that's the thing and then the it's, next year that's when they got the jump yeah it's you need that introduction people didn't watch the pilot episode of seinfeld or not a lot of people right you need to introduce that superstar and then from there you can grow it also matters though what the league does because that didn't just happen in a vacuum you know lebron became a superstar but david stern and the nba also changed the rules because it was getting too bogged down and the scoring was uh was not there and they opened the game up and you had the suns in seven seconds or less so I don't think you can just rely on superstardom alone, but that is the engine, and sometimes the fruits are later on. You know, you're not getting them immediately. And I think for the league, Luca, you're you're seeing some signs that Luca can be that guy for them. You're seeing that. We've talked last week about you know what is it, you know NBA is king of the social media, but what does that really mean? You know, in the broader culture, what does it really mean to ratings? But I think. We had differing opinions on it because I think Marcus and I felt it means something that is hard to measure exactly right now based on the old measurements we have. But a moment like Luka Doncic winning that game on that shot, when you have NBA players talking about it on Twitter and basically just say, uh, you know, anointing him as like, this is the guy, this is the next guy. You know, there's like, it's like he was Simba being held up on a cliff. that, That resonates, whether it's just on social media it kind of echoes throughout that moment when other players, when NBA coaches, when commentators, when writers, when when that kind of coalesces, that doesn't have just a little bit of an effect. It has a grand effect, I think, into the future, the next game, the next game, the next game, the next 100 games. You don't always have those moments. You don't know when they're going to be. But, you know, Steph had those moments, and LeBron had those moments, and now Luka's had that moment. And we'll see how good the Mavericks are. Like, you know, they, they lose the next two games and are out. Okay, you know, he'll have to start up again next season, and we'll see. That's where I think social media matters. And that's where I think, they're, you know, it's, it's penetrating. It's like, whoa, everybody who means something thought that moment was big. I must think that too, because everybody, Dwayne Wade, Stan Van Gundy, whoever, they all think this. 
this clearly is a shift in the tide. And I think that's where social media and the NBA is so, you know, again, is the king of social media on sports. That's where this starts to pull in a larger, bigger ratings, general NBA populace, general United States populace, general North America populace, world populace with that kind of moment. The lead in was great, too, where. Obviously, you have the situation with him and Montrez Harrell, which dragged a component that, you know, we all know is very much out there, even if we don't want to discuss it at great length. But also, you had the ankle turn the game before that was really bad. I didn't think he was going to play. He's I was where he's Steph, huh? Yeah, yeah. Steph stuff. I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's how Steph would hurt his ankle, just like that. Exactly and, like that. And then even crazier, about two minutes before tip, it's like, hey, Kristaps uh, Porzingis is not going to play tonight. And I was like, what? Like, I thought Luka was going to be the one that wasn't playing. Porzingis was going to be out there getting killed by the Clippers. And then they go down like 21. They were down 21 in that game, remember? And then you have, you know, the Seth Curry, Paul George aspect that kind of added to the drama and the, the internet interest in the game. It's ABC. It's Sunday afternoon. And then Luka had like three big shots in the last minute. And remember, he he hits the game winner to go up with like 18 seconds left. Then Marcus Morris hits the corner three, and it was like, oh, Luca doesn't get his moment. And then he has a. But step Luca back. made so, the pass for. By the way, Luca made yeah. the pass for that shot too. I just thought the entire lead up built it into a great moment and builds it into. And big they, game they five he games. tricked off like five seconds. It was like Luca, what are you Rick doing? Carlisle oh, he doesn't know how to Rick do it. Carlisle tricked off. I don't know why he was passing in the backcourt. Not and then, that but then he foul. walked it up and he took his time. Like what? Are you, it was. It, it felt very Monte Ellis to me. Yeah. I was like, yeah. What, 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 what except for go? he didn't go into the lane and spin and get the shot blocked and oops, they lose the game. That would be very Monte. It was against Kawhi, who has been who has a reputation of being a playoff killer. Kawhi missed a similar shot at the end of regulation. And Kawhi kept just easily giving Reggie Jackson the switch when he should have stayed on Luka. Like, oh, Kawhi didn't want none. He, he didn't. didn't want it. He did I do not think maybe you, sw- you switched that at the very end, though. I, I at, not, With the way he was torching Reggie? Torching Reggie. This is what we killed LeBron for, right? Like, nah, you better get on KD. But, but you do that because you don't want to give up. You don't want to give up a layup. I you mean, don't want to give up a layup. But was it Kleba? Was he was on Kleba? He switched on to Kleba. Yeah. yeah, and then he didn't. You know, Kleba was moving to the rim, and all that's understood. But I think you got to know that's coming. You got it. And, and you know, what does Stephen Jackson remember? I think with the Warriors he used to pre-switch everything, knowing all things. You know, they're going to try to switch this guy onto whoever. I'm going to switch before that and make sure they can't get that switch. That's what you have to do. Like, you know they're going to put, try to get Reggie Jackson on Luka Doncic. You pre-switch everything. You make sure you don't end up. I mean, again, Luka might make that shot on anybody. But, yeah, there were some questionable things going on there in, in, in the Clipper defense. I see an analogy here where whatever Kawhi does, I don't think people are going to crush him for it. A, because he's won titles. But B, because in a way similar to Clay Thompson – we just think he doesn't care what we think. And if we think you don't care what we think, we're not going to try to argue about your reputation and make you feel bad. Versus Paul George, where there's a little bit of there's a little well, bit of KD. You know he hears it. Yeah. There's a little bit of that where we are going to crush Paul George, who to be clear is plain way worse but there is something there and that's been a mystery is what's up with Paul George. Paul George no there's not a mystery. Paul George broke a cardinal rule that you just don't get away with and only one person i know kind of got away with it but only recently you never create your own nickname (laughs) this is not how it goes the people have to give you a nickname Shaq can do it Shaq's Shaq's the only one now he nobody calls him Shaq Diesel like the (laughs) big cactus we call him Shaq because nobody's buying all that other stuff he's saying. His mama name him Shaq. I'm gonna call him Shaq. But like it's like when you know the babies in antiquity, where you they'd be born and you wait for a few days, or you'd see the kind of characteristics they have, and you give them a name based on that. That's how you get your nickname. Paul George gave himself the nickname. The only other person who gave himself a nickname was Kobe. And it worked because, like, he's Kobe. But it didn't work at first. It was a little bit it corny. It was Everybody like, was making fun of him. Yeah, it was like, I mean, you can't say you can't say now, but now it's, like, taking on. But You mean Black Mamba? I mean, that's what. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. It's I mean, like, yeah, yeah. 
you can't give yourself a nickname. Like it's it's a curse, listeners. If you give yourself a nickname, it will destroy you. Well, and yeah. also don't put playoff in there. By the way, <laughs> don't put don't put that one in there. It's not like we were watching Kobe play. We were going that wasn't very serpentine. Uh, that wasn't like what a Mamba would do. But when you call yourself Playoff P and you choke in the playoff game, we go that's not very Playoff P. It's the the problem is the nickname itself. God, Barkley saying he championship just, he Chuck had me die. He wasn't qualified to give himself the nickname. We might start off. I, I don't want to totally change the line here, but I'll, I'll kind of start it all a little differently. Okay, all this happens. Let's say the Clippers go out in the first round. Let's just say that George is terrible. Or they go to the second round that somehow and George is still bad. Season ends. Clippers are pissed off. This is not working. If you're the Warriors, would you trade for Paul George? Yeah, absolutely. That's say, this, is, this is how they're going to do it. It's going to be something like that. And I'm not saying it's going to be Paul George, but it's going to be somebody, another team, a superstar level player. Another team is like, eh, I don't know about this guy. That's the guy the Warriors are going to jump on. And I don't know that they could. I don't know that the Clippers would do it. I'm just saying... When I saw that, I go, this is how the Warriors are going to get somebody. The Clippers (laughs) were not thrilled about having to do the deal they did. They did it because it was to get both guys. But they they hated giving away all those assets to do it. They wanted to build that team. And to appease Kawhi, they also threw in everything in order to get Paul George. So I wouldn't be shocked if there's a situation where they go, okay, we have Kawhi. He's okay with us jettisoning Paul George and we can restart the asset reserve here. Look, I am just speculating out loud, but I could I could see that. Can we give a quick shout out to Sam Presti? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Is Presti a subscriber at least? <laughs> Slater is he at least a subscriber? Slater's Slater, Slater, like you know who the real you know who the real playoff P is? <laughs> it's Sam. <laughs> Presto Presti. He pulled off some magic. Prescient Presti. Perfect Presti. He better be a subscriber. He better be a subscriber. Um, He got, I believe, a combined, what, like eight first-round picks, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, a year of Gallinari at least, and maybe a future with Gallinari. And he created a team that now, after going 2-2 with Russell Westbrook's Rockets, even though Westbrook's not playing, They've won more playoff games this season than they did in any of the two seasons with Paul George it's and Russell a, he, he did a great job. We're razzing you. Yeah, he was in a great spot. I mean, obviously, because Kawhi said, this is who you're going to get. So he, you, but know, you he still got to hit the mark, though. You still exactly. got to. No, he did. It was, it was a great move. He, and Shea Gilgis Alexander is a good He shook be, him he's down. He's already a good player. He's a really good oh, player. Oh, no question. Like, like, Sam Presti is ginger, and the Clippers were Sam Rothstein. And they got played so tough. But you got to... Like, that takes a little bit extra just to be like, yo, give me all you got. Take off your shoes, too. I mean, that's literally what he did to Doc Rivers. And Daryl Morey a little bit. I don't know. I mean, like, we'll see. The Westbrook movement might end up being good for Houston. You know, if they kind of stabilize, Westbrook gets healthy. They beat the Lakers in the second round. But the Westbrook for Paul move, Paul's been better than Russ was the last couple of years. Plus, he got two first-round picks in that deal, too. So, I would say executive of the year. <laughs> Welcome back to Presti plus minus. <laughs> no minus for Presti. No minus. Presti plus. Presti plus plus. To be fair to Slater, it is one of those things where he, he's not wrong. I mean, he did crush the no, trade. He's definitely not wrong. Yeah. I mean, he did. He did do a great job. It is. No, true. Let's wow, just think wow. about what, look what they got for Paul George and what could they get? Like we're talking about it. So what could they get from the Warriors for Paul George right now? Ooh, the two picks. Oh, the two picks of Wiggins. Yeah, why aren't we writing this? Yeah, oh my yeah. god, this is <laughs> no. This is what I tell Marcus to write, and he come he comes back to me about a month later. No, with, listen, with, with listen. <laughs> if you told me to write this, man, you'd have it. It'd be like boom, here you go. You're on two shoulder surgeries, and you know, not doing great in these playoffs. Uh, we'll take. I mean, nobody maybe for Wiggins, getting for Paul maybe for George Wiggins what? straight up. Maybe for Wiggins, Wiggins. <laughs> maybe you throw in sm- throw in smile each, uh, the Geech. <laughs> well, let's let's really talk about this though. Would you put the number two pick plus Minnesota's 2021 first rounder on the table for a guy where Ethan's not incorrect in mentioning the shoulders? He has faded out of the last few playoffs he has a horrific leg injury in his past i think he's about to hit 30 31 and he can opt out after next season that would be a very risky move that i'm not sure the warriors should make i would certainly put one of the picks in there i, I don't know if i would put i'd both. say one yeah yeah one. but 
I don't know. I'd ask. Ste- I'd ask Steph and Draymond. Yeah, I'd do that. I'd do that. Yeah. And I'd do anything if it just was one of the picks. And I could. And you know, obviously, they have to put Wiggins in the deal. God, another, they need another wing so bad, though. Who does what he does? I mean, it's just he would fit them so perfectly. If you have the idea that George is going to resign, you know, and Steph and Draymond want him, and it's going to take the two number ones, you know, it would be tough if I'm the Warriors, for me to say no to that. I think Paul George is a really good player. I think he's having a terrible playoffs. He's not a, you know, a primary scorer. Well, if he was, he certainly isn't anymore. But they don't, that's okay with the Warriors. Right? You, got, you already got one of those. I just don't really see them having the assets to do this after they get Giannis. So it's just very <laughs> difficult. That, that's going to make it tough. The question I would have, Slater, is what would you give to get your next Andre Iguodala? Because that's, for me, what Paul George could be for the Warriors. He could fill that role perfectly and maybe even, maybe... But does he, but does he have the mindset that Andre has to fill that role? I don't... I don't think that's how he sees himself. After playoff P flame out, you get you get a little humble when you come play next to Steph, right? Like, <laughs> Him entering the last year of his deal is like makes it a lot sketchier. You give up assets and then he's gone because he didn't like the fit. You'd have, to, you'd have to have a pretty strong idea on that. I, no question. And, you know, you know, again, I think you need to get a read of Steph and, and Draymond. And for secondarily, sure like maybe he's like, yo, I, this is like my third team and you know, three or four years, like, I need to sit down somewhere. Peripatetic P. He's 30. He's 30. <laughs> wow. Wasn't Andre 30 when he came to the Warriors? Uh, I think he was like, a little younger than that. Little the one thing that. I'd say, and it was, I just, we just released a, a story with, I did it back and forth with Hollinger. I think the Warriors either, obviously, with this number two pick, or if they do move it in a trade, you know, Ethan, we can get to this Giannis ridiculous idea, but, <laughs> you know, the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid possibilities, they need to get a star that is in the mid twenties, that is in his, you know, early twenties. They, they need, need the to star, get a star that, that gets them past death. Yes, <laughs> exactly. To me, Paul George is too much. In, like, look, if they're just chasing a title, whatever. They'll throw any assets to get a title in the next two years. Yes, Paul George would help that. We need to start kind of thinking about 2023, 2024, 2025. That's why you don't give up both picks. I'd say uh, you keep one of the picks, and the other pick you hope Man, to. Man, if you could get, get that star. Paul George with only one of those picks, Jesus. Jeez. And, and then you can build a bridge to the future. Yeah, yeah. Well, the one thing I would say is I can't see the Clippers doing it because the Clippers already sold out their future to try to get a title with Paul George. It would make no sense for them to turn around and go, uh, we give up after one year. LaMelo is on, what But they be need. getting Wiggins, Pascal, Actually, and LaMelo Ball. What you mean? LaMelo on that Clipper team now what to think mean? about it. That's, that's, that's one thing you got to remember, though, is also Kawhi Leonard sitting there watching those moves going, oh, really? We just traded hey, the Kawhi, guy you signed, buddy. Kawhi's the most transactional superstar in the NBA. Can you I mean, imagine Kawhi next year having to watch LaMelo Ball just dance hilarious. next to him? <laughs> it would be hilarious if, if Kawhi was like, there's no loyalty here. This is ridiculous. <laughs> that's one thing, though. Again, this is just social media stuff, but I am like, we've all know what the number two pick. We've all said number one, number two, number two, well, whoever. And this is such a weird draft but now like the warriors have the number two pick man if they offer that for somebody wow like it, it is different like, now that they have it people are like wow the number two man if i could move this guy for the number two that would be great like, <laughs> like we've, we've had this conceptual conversation for like it seems like 10 years now and yet now that the warriors actually have the pick we kind of thought they'd end up one two or three it's like oh there's something real here let's, let's go get that pick it's got a little sheen to it versus, and even a little better than the number one pick. You almost want somebody to make that first move. Two sounds sexy. Two sounds yeah, two, sexy. Two's good. Two's good. And then you start thinking and you start going, hey, I'm not very partial to LaMelo Ball, but stardom is a possibility asset-wise. And maybe you're, if you're the Clippers, I mean, they could use a point guard. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just throwing that out there. LaMelo Ball and the Clippers. It sounds, it sounds interesting. Well, if the Warriors get... I mean, again, I don't think they're going to, but let's just say they could get Paul George for one of the picks and Wiggins. They basically traded D'Angelo Russell for Paul George, and that's a great trade. No matter what the contractual status, that is a great trade, if that happened. And Joe Lega would be looking for me and Ethan on that one. We, he would be looking for us in that hallway <laughs> oh, at, at, at and, and I'm looking for him. You give up on Andrew Wiggins already? <laughs> I know. It's just about to say. He's, he, he'd say, why do we need Paul George? We have the next Paul George. <laughs> 
So Ethan. let's we might as well here we here. Let's what? get into Giannis. Let's get yeah, into Giannis. Yeah, I was gonna say Ethan, do you have a Giannis Ethan, thing? let's go. Make your Giannis case. I just keep hearing people say there's no way this happens, it's impossible. I know Anthony's more down on it. I've always looked at it as where there's a will, there's a way. It's about what Giannis wants. If Giannis wants to be on the Warriors, he's getting to the Warriors. That's how I see it. Now, does he have that will? I don't know much beyond his flirtations in public with Steph. That's all I know. But I will say this. There's a lot more smoke here than there was before KD joined the Warriors. I will say that much. So he would basically have to come via trade. Uh, He'd have to demand a trade. He'd have to to tell them, I will leave next year unless you trade me now. And he would have to do that very soon, by the way. And also, Milwaukee can just go no. Just like the Thunder back in the who, day. And, and who has done that? Who, who has done that? I mean, yeah, it, it sounds good, but nobody pulls the trigger. You know what the comparison to me would be? Toronto said, you know what? Kawhi's probably going to leave, but let's try to win a title before he leaves because we're not going to get, if we trade him, we're not going to get a chance to win the title. And they did win a title and then he left. You would say, good job, Toronto. And I think that's what Milwaukee would go. You know what? If we trade him, we're not winning a title. We're only having one more year. Hey, Giannis, you're going to stick here. If you really want to leave in free agency, go ahead. But we need to win a title with you. It doesn't seem like Giannis to pull an Anthony Davis and just say, hey, oh, now I'm hurt. Now I'm hurt. You know, I'm, I'm going to miss the first 40 games until I force a trade trade deadline or whatever. Oh, it will be uh, ugly. That, yeah, it will I, be I, ugly. That, that would be tough to, for me to see. It could, I guess it could happen. But it would take that or at least Milwaukee believing he could do that. I'm just watching. He put up ridiculous. Ridiculous numbers the last few games. They're putting him on in the morning on the West Coast, the NBA is. And he might not care about that, but most stars tend to care about that. Okay, I got another take on this, though. So there's another team out there that very much is hinting at their flirtation with Giannis. And Sam Presti? N- no. no. <laughs> another person we mentioned today, Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks, will have a max slot available to sign a max free agent next summer when Giannis will be a free agent. They have Luca, who is uh, very much in a younger on the rise than Steph Curry, who's entering. He'll be, what, 33 by the time Giannis would be on the Warriors. And the Warriors would have to absolutely gut their roster to get him. Whereas Dallas could offer Luca, Porzingis, Giannis. You mean gut what roster? <laughs> I mean, there'd be no Clay Thompson. For Giannis? I'm not saying the Warriors shouldn't do that. My point is Giannis would be joining a Warriors team that pretty much only has a 33-year-old Why would they give up Clay if the only situation they would get him is if Giannis has got a gun to Milwaukee's head? They wouldn't have to give up Clay. Yes, they would. Financially, they would. They cannot have all three of those maxes on the books. Okay, Draymond. (laughs) Okay, Draymond and Wiggins. No, Draymond doesn't make enough. I put it in my article. You have to trade Clay. Steph's making like forty-six million. Clay's going to be making like thirty-nine million, and Giannis's max is like thirty-something crazy million. You can't have those three on the roster. Okay, and, Giannis, don't take the max. All right, <laughs> like that's pretty simple. Wiggins is thirty-three, right? I don't understand why Wiggins couldn't be put in that deal. Yeah, why and Wiggins that, couldn't be it? Because we're talking sign and trade now, right? No, it, no, no. We're look, talking Giannis being traded this year. Well, and then Milwaukee says no is my point. My point is free agency. Dallas can sign it. But I think one thing you got to think about is that you're 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 making this good point that there are these other teams potentially that have intriguing options to offer to Giannis, right? Dallas is one of them. Miami is another one. But then that's leverage potentially for the Warriors to say, hey, or for Giannis to say, hey, it's going to be the Warriors and you get something if he wants to go to the Warriors. Or I'm just leaving one of these other options. That's the threat. That's the hammer. Yeah. The Warriors, are if they're going to do it, the likeliest time to do it is this summer. And it's by trade because of all the things Slayer points out. You're right. I didn't know you were talking about free agency in a year. But the very fact that they could threaten to, like, we'll just trade everybody and have the space, that's what Houston does all the time. Like, they're at the cap. And then they go, oh, yeah, you know what? We'll just trade everybody and we'll have the opportunity to sign them in a year. And that's the threat. And that's all the Warriors would have to be at this point would be a threat. Giannis might sign with us or he might sign another team, might sign another team. So trade him to us right now because we'll make that bet because we know we'll re-sign him once he gets here. And they could put Wiggins in the deal. They could put the draft picks in the deal, whatever else it would take. I don't think that would be enough, frankly, because you know what? I'm thinking about Dallas. What if Dallas plays great, they get eliminated, they have this spot in a year, and they go, you know what? We want Giannis right now. We'll trade you Porzingis. I mean, what's Milwaukee going to do better than that? 
So I got a question for you guys. If you were advising Giannis and it was purely on like a, hey, we want to find a place for you to win titles. Now, if we're talking market and all this other stuff, maybe it's different. But would you not advise him that Dallas is a better chance to win titles over the next five years? He'd have to deal with his reputation for not joining. Like, he'd have to deal with that. And He's staying in Milwaukee's your answer. Nah, a 33-year-old Steph is not the same, right? If he comes to the Warriors, he's the man. Milwaukee's got a little bit of the first LeBron Cavs to him right now, where it just seems like they don't have the co-star, and we might be proven wrong. Maybe they'll be what they were in the regular season in the playoffs, but they seem a little bit maxed out roster-wise. You know, Dallas is a competitive option. If I'm advising him, you got to take that seriously. It's just the tendency, though, of superstars to not think exactly like we think, to not exactly be looking tremendously to the future. It's usually a little bit more about what you did yesterday than what you're going to do tomorrow. And so I think that might be the perspective. If you're looking at Dallas, I don't know Giannis at all. I'm just judging by how he sounded. Luka will forever have the ball in his hands at the end of the game. It's not like, oh, okay, in three years, it'll be my... No, if you go join with Luka... You might be number two forever. The argument that, you know, again, for more for Dallas is that it's very clean for Dallas, where if you're Giannis and you're Giannis's team and say, you know what, we don't want we don't want their fan base. We don't want, you know, it to be a bad breakup. What you can do is play out your Milwaukee contract. And if you want to go to Dallas, you sign. Whereas if you want to go to the Warriors, it needs to be ugly at the end. You need to yeah, force your Does anybody way care that what Anthony Davis did was ugly? I'll say this. I think Giannis cares not to be the Kevin Durant of Oklahoma City. But Milwaukee's not Oklahoma City, Anthony. And I don't want to get people revved up. It's not a basketball hotbed like OKC. It doesn't have that fervent fan base. It's more adjacent to the Pelicans in terms of a wellspring of outrage if you leave. That's, I think, the case. Giannis's relationship with Milwaukee is a lot more dense than Davis's with New Orleans. And that fan base. Maybe it's 80% of Oklahoma City. Maybe, you know, it's not it's not the full KD to OKC. Milwaukee's not this basketball town like Oklahoma City. I can say it could be done a lot. Again, I'm not saying it will be. It could be done a lot quieter than that. It could be. You know what? It's just going to be better if if I get out of here now. Can you do it now? We can do it for these, you know, the Warriors can get, get, give you this, this, and this, and it'd be great. Uh, I think Milwaukee says no. I think they say no in that situation. And also... I'd ask you this, Ethan. Do you think Giannis cares about, if he's planning on leaving Milwaukee, do you think he cares about what Milwaukee's fan base thinks about him for the next two decades? I think he does. I don't know, man. I think these superstars tend to see it differently than than we do. They don't necessarily care in the way we think that they might care. And then you also have to ask the question, what's with all the public flirtation with Steph? You know, if this is if he cares so much about the feelings of the Milwaukee Bucks fan base, I don't think it's over the top. I don't know that that stuff to me. I think has been overrated. I, mean, I, I know it's ancient history, but I do go back. To, if you're Giannis, I'm looking back to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Lou Alcindor, and I mean, is, is that a stain on his legacy? Does is Milwaukee really now? You know, he was great for Milwaukee. Jabbar was obviously an incredible player, but. He forced his way to the Lakers. It happened. And this is what happens. And it's been happening for years and years and years. I don't think he's going to have a bitter, prolonged, terrible Cold War through a whole season to do it. But, did you know, Westbrook got traded and nobody even knew that was going to happen. Paul George got traded and nobody even knew it was going to happen. Those things can happen if you have it set up with the GMs and, and the agents. And I think... If the Warriors can do it, it's going to have to be like that. It's going to be quiet. It's going to be, this is the deal that we've made. It's happened. He's here. There's no bitterness. This just happened. And if it doesn't, can't happen like that, then I don't think they're going to get him. And I don't think they can get sign him as a free agent. But I think the pieces are there. The steps are possible for this to happen relatively quickly and quietly, you know, July 4th or whatever we're talking about. That's all we need, another July 4th like that. But, um, that's how it has to happen with the Warriors if it's going to happen with Giannis. And I don't think he gets traded. I don't think he gets traded anywhere else. I don't think if he gets traded, I think it's to the Warriors this year or it's he hits free agency in two years. I really think those are the two options. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But this feels a lot more possible than people give me credit for. That's all. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm there. I think that's where I live on it. I'm on the opposite end, if you can't tell. <laughs> 
I just don't see it. And I think the most underrated factor, and I've mentioned it a couple times, I just think Milwaukee says no. And to me, Oklahoma City would have said no to Kevin Durant back in the day. They didn't say no to Paul George and Russell Westbrook because that thing had run its course. And they knew the public perception wasn't going to be like, how could you? The public perception back in the day, if quietly the Thunder just randomly traded Kevin Durant before his final year, would have, oh, talk about a completely flipped world right now where everyone was so mad at the Thunder for the Durant situation, not Durant. Where I think Milwaukee... To trade Giannis would have to be publicly forced to trade Giannis by Giannis. I think if they went behind the scenes, they'd go no, or they'd leak it so he would look bad. That could happen, and we don't. Again, we don't know. It, we're all assuming they don't win a championship, and so if you don't win a championship with that roster, with with their the amount of wins they piled up this season, with, with kind of the building up angst going on, sometimes bad stuff happens. You know, LeBron pulls off his jersey. You know, losing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Those things matter, a little, you know. They're moments, they're anecdotes, but I think what we're we're all kind of seeing that if that doesn't happen, I think he stays, he plays another season. But something like they go, they go out, you know, in a sweep in the second round in Miami, that would be bad. Again, the difference though, LeBron took off the jersey because he was walking into free agency, and Cleveland couldn't do anything. Milwaukee can just go, you know what, Giannis, we know you're mad now. But we're going to try to rebuild the roster this summer, and we're going to go at it again. Because in their opinion, I would presume, go and edit a title with Giannis one more time. And then maybe if you do get the title, you keep him. If you don't, you know, maybe you lose him. But that's better than James Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins' contract. I mean, but are we sure? Are we sure that because it's the right thing to do, that's what will be done? Because GMs do choke, <laughs> right? GMs do blow it nobody knows what it's like to have Giannis pissed off and saying he's out like we just don't know what that's like maybe we never find out right maybe he doesn't do that but it just feels a little bit like yo that's a dude you you know if he's unhappy like it feels like it's a problem for the whole organization not like you you know you go in the corner he's all right it's just Giannis it's like uh uh-oh Giannis is not happy so I don't know how he'd act react with that but I'm just not willing to say it's a guarantee Milwaukee's going to handle this perfectly. I would hesitate on the idea that he's not the guy to do this or he's not the guy to do that. Nobody would have thought Kawhi Leonard would have did what he did until he did it. Nobody would have thought that. That was not the reputation at all. I think in this era, in this age, superstars have way more tolerance for the negativity that might come their way from pursuing what they want. That just seems to be the case, and there is less loyalty to franchises now in this era than in the past eras, and that is, a you know, it's a window of opportunity for the Warriors potentially. I do think what informs maybe my skepticism on the situation more than maybe you guys is, I you know, I was around that the lead up to that final Durant season and Dur- you know we Durant wasn't that unhappy they fired Scott Brooks the season before Durant's final year like there was definitely obviously you we know it now not any confirmation that Durant was going to stay long term they hired Billy Donovan that was kind of like questionable wow you're getting a college coach at the time but the Thunder's calculation and nobody questioned them at the time was go for this last title to try to save a generational talent that you will not ever get hands on again and that is way more worth it than maybe getting a trade package. And I just think that's Milwaukee's calculation here. It, it's probably not a wrong calculation. It's just that I think yeah, we're all agreeing that's, that's probably the, the that's way facts. that's going to work. Yeah. But if you're another team, especially if you're the Warriors, you got to try. You got to like, hey, what can we do to make this happen? And I do believe if it's going to be the Warriors, it has to happen this year because there's so many other teams that could jump in in two years with space, with younger players. You know, the Warriors got these two picks now. That's when they got these two picks, right? The number two pick. Oh, my God. Look at that. They got the number two pick. It's just so much more valuable than uh, it's James Wiseman. And he just pulled his hammy and he's been out for 15 games. You know, it's just this pick is, is it has some glamour. Next year's pick, next year's Timberwolves pick has some glamour. This is where they have their in. It's, it's not the most that everybody has, but it's it's something. Next year's Timberwolves pick will be outside of the lottery. What you mean? They go to the playoffs. <laughs> D'Angelo Russell going to be MVP. It's all set up. Well, let's talk about some other. I just want to talk. I mean, like, you, you Russell, look at Anthony, you look at the. Uh... That was a fun conversation, by the way. I, en- I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Who else can we team up on? We everybody team up on me. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered in areas you should probably keep covered. To keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. 
That's right, we're talking Jules. The premium lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts. Did you hear what I said? Waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with skin-safe technology. This is perfect for your jewels. You can get this trimmer inside the Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray. Both super practical and they smell great too because it is very important that your jewels smell good. Now for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package Kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs gotta tell you about these boxer briefs the anti-chafing cooling boxer briefs might be the best part of this whole collection they have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology yes you too right gets a little hot down there now you have crop cooling technology because family jewels need to have regulated temperature the waistband is also super elastic to reduce chafing and rubbing now you pair these boxers with the pH balanced liquid products like the Crop Preserver and you're ready for anything, almost anything. Well, just for a few things, but you'll be ready, right? You'll be, you'll be all set. You need to try this out for yourself, so I'm going to hook you up with 20% off and free shipping. All you got to do is go to manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Manscaped.com, use the code THEATHLETIC20. That gets you 20% off, it gets you free shipping, and it gets you a smooth, cool, smell-good strip from the moose to the caboose. You feel me? Now, when you're talking about family jewels, you always got to use the right tools. Let's look at some other candidates. I mean, you, you look at what happened to Embiid and Benson is in playing the playoffs, but the Sixers are out. Would you rather have one of those two guys if you're the Warriors? I mean, can, do you try to pry in there, or, or do you wait for Giannis? To, are there, well, what's your what's your Warriors strategy now you're looking at that one? I'm not a Simmons guy. I'm just not. And make fun of me if he really blossoms and it goes great. Just the lack of improvement on the shot. He's still like 23, though. You know, he's still oh, really I know. young. I, there's, there's a big chance I could be wrong on that, but that's one of... I stay away and beat I'm way more intrigued by even with the injury. So and you have the Steph flirtations. Oh my God. With yes. Embiid. I mean, you've got you're that Embiid. as well. You've got Steph imitating the way he plays basketball. Embiid is the one who intrigues me. I mean, that would certainly solve a lot of the issues at center. I, I still think though that titles are won through the wings. I don't think the Warriors have enough on the wings. I think any path to the title is probably about boosting, boosting that. The strange thing with Simmons is at his peak can be Draymond essentially. I mean, he's an all defense first teamer uh, really this year, and with the chance to be probably you know the best defender in basketball if he, if he gets there. The shooting is is an issue. Putting him on the floor with Draymond is an That's issue. issue. That's but the one but got, yeah. if we talk about the next phase of the Warriors, you know him instead of Draymond. <laughs> I mean, Draymond wouldn't love that, but that would make him more interesting. Even though Simmons is the guy who was injured during these playoffs, I worry about Embiid long-term injury-wise. Hollinger in the back and forth we did today mentioned that. But to your original question, Tim, I not to get back into it, but if either of these two are available, I wouldn't say, well, I'm holding off for Giannis. I would jump at the chance. Sounds like Philly is going to get a new coach and try to go one more season with this duo to see and try to work around the edges. You know, Hollinger proposed an interesting idea, though, because they have Al Horford's contract, and he was saying something about Simmons and Horford for something like, you know, Wiggins, those two picks, and Kavon Looney's deal. You know, you work it up so the salaries all match. That's kind of interesting. Interesting, but you'd have to still have Draymond, too. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a Horf- lot of... Horford next to Draymond yeah. I like. <laughs> now, then you got Simmons. I don't yeah. know. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, I get what he's saying. I would Once you said Horford, I thought, oh, maybe the Warriors swing Draymond to the Sixers, but they probably wouldn't want that contract. Then the Warriors start looking like the Sixers. There's a lot right? of yeah. big yeah. contracts in play here. Yeah. We talk Wiggins, yeah. all the... Yeah. 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 There's some, there's some, there's some clunky uh, floor spacing involved with that, like we saw in the playoffs, with Steph Curry involved. But I, I like that kind of thinking like let's expand it see what you can do you know you, you warriors have the trade exception they could take back even more bad money you know like there, there could be some trickiness involved there but 
If I'm the Warriors, I would be really interested in Bede. I don't think I could get him. You might be able to have some conversation on Simmons, who I like too, but I, yeah, I agree. I don't know that he and Draymond is... I don't know that you could close games with those two guys because you'd have two guys that opponents just don't need to defend. And that's a, that's a very, very tough thing to throw out there, especially in a playoff. So I like the Sixers as a theoretical idea. I don't know if practically that one works. Josh Richardson, however, I think I keep going back to that one. If they want to splinter him off, I think the Warriors would get Tim is a big Josh Richardson fan. He's my kind of player. I just think he fits like what they do. Defend on the wing and, you know, ball handle a little bit and shoot shoot the three okay. Those are good things for them right now. They don't they don't have players like that. Are there any other players you guys are just watching in these in the bubble or whoever haven't been in the bubble who you could Bradley see? Bradley Beal. Bradley, Bradley Beal. Beal. Yeah, I mean, he is out of sight, out of mind. People, Somebody else brought him up to me, and I go, yeah, I hadn't even thought of him. I mean, could you get him at this point? I, I, I don't know. Sounds like the Wizards don't want to trade him this summer. Another one, and I've heard Hollinger mention this one, Drew Holiday. And if you're the Pelicans, that number two pick would fit the Zion-Lonzo timeline more. And so... And Drew Holiday isn't the type of, you know, mega, mega star that, like, how can the Pelicans even think about giving him up? Like, Holiday fits the Warriors timeline. The number two pick fits the Pelicans timeline. That might be the smoothest one. Now, would you give up the two pick for Holiday? I would. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's tough. Because I like Holiday a lot. I mean, I think he's a winning player. I think he is the missing piece for a lot of teams. I just, the only thing that gives me hesitation is I don't know if that's what puts you over the hump. He's but, 30, by the way, so he's not young. He's not yeah, young. it's a tough one. That's a tough call. That's a tough call. And on the fence, probably hold off on it, but very tempting. Yeah, that's the ultimate win now, mortgage the future move, right? You know, you mentioned 30. You're not getting a mid-20s guy who can be the ne- you know guy that takes the keys from Steph Curry. You're getting somebody that can definitely help you win a title the next two years. Like, if they got Holiday just straight up, like, basically for the number two pick— like, we might be talking about the Warriors as, like, title favorites because, like, Holiday would fit them so well. But they're really going to age quickly and then have nothing. You know, they just basically gave up their best ass. And, again, I'm just looking. I need a big wing. I need a wing who can play up, you know, slide to the four if needed. That's why, for my focus, obviously Giannis because it's Giannis. But, or Paul George, those are the guys where I see that's vaulting them. Somebody like Holiday, he's sort of wing size, but maybe not – not completely that guy. But look who he defended in the Warriors series. That's true. That is true. <laughs> I don't know how, how many times he could do that, but you know, Holiday's a badass. I've always liked, I liked Holiday at UCLA. I think he'd fit well with Steph and Clay. You could play that three guards and the ball, you know, you have two ball handlers. He's a title winning player. He's yeah, a, he, could he, be, he, he could be like a guard version of, of Andre, is what I would look at him like. You know, you throw him against any perimeter player defensively he's another ball handler he could run a second unit he could score for you probably more than Andre could when he was on the Warriors I'd do it for the number two pick I mean you'd have to throw some money in there and I don't know how that all will work but again if it's basically you know I'm just talking about these two Warriors pick their pick and the Timberwolves pick are just almost seeing them as joined assets in your mind would you have traded D'Angelo Russell for Drew Holiday absolutely 100 percent. so in my mind that's what it would be kind of like and i would do that in a second now i think it would take more than that you know it would probably take both picks or some other version of more talent involved what i always laugh with is like we always throw pascal in as like kind of an addition and john never does never 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 includes pascal as an asset he just doesn't think very highly of him which is fine it's just fair uh, we probably overvalue him just because we've seen him but I'd start throwing him in there. It's like if I can, if this can add to the, you know, very cheap, playable player, he can be in your rotation. I think somebody would like Pascal. I mean, he's good for the Warriors. He'd be good for another team too. Are we get Drew Holiday now. No, we got. We just, well, no, we got Mark. We're, we're we're losing and acquiring Marcus all, all the time here. You're going. Marcus in was out on the Simmons and Beat, and he <laughs> and he just sneaks back in uh, when he hears Drew was, Holiday. What, what was it? What was the Simmons and Beat? I'm going with. Simmons. Wow, you've been gone for a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, having issues okay. over here. Technical yeah. difficulties. <laughs> yes. Um, we were just debating which of the two. You got anybody else that the Warriors could trade for? We, we're just throwing them all out now. No, this is you our... know, I mean, like, you know, this is our first podcast since they got the second overall pick. We should okay. probably have a minor <laughs> segment about who they might draft with the second overall pick. 
we've already discussed this. It's Wiseman. That's the end of the story. Like, forget what Ethan says. We're we're on Wiseman, Ethan. Slater, you call Wiseman. I'm with you on Wiseman. Bob, listen. We driving this bandwagon. Yeah, well, I think it, Wiseman is probably in the lead for the probability, but Bob does not seem... He's not giving a, off a whole lot of, I'm so thrilled to take this pick and uh, develop the pick for years and years and years, which is why we've talked nothing but trades for this entire podcast. Bob hasn't shown much thrilling vibes the his last few press conferences really going back to remember remember the one it was post draft last year pre free agency he pretty much knew Durant was about to leave but he was up there and he was he was like that one, that one the, was unbelievable it was, that weird. was there was yeah, that was yeah there was like yeah. three draft picks on the stage and he was basically like oh well, like none of them are gonna help essentially I was so like what's going on here that. Like it had to be passed along to me. No, Bob's okay. Bob's okay. I was like, what was that? That was a really weird moment. It was moment very unBob, right? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> he he didn't care about the moment at all. Yeah, no, nah, whatever. It's, it is interesting as a former agent who used to have these top picks with him. Like you would think he would be more in tune with like just getting the you know the the, the fever going, get the spirit of like look at these draft picks. Look at this. We're changing our organ. You know these are these are going to be the news. He just lately he hasn't been like that at all. Maybe you know they get their number two pick and he falls in love with somebody it'll be different but i guess if you go to five straight finals and you're hanging with steph and clay and draymond and durant you know this isn't like you you don't want to get fake excited he's like man leave that draft stuff stuff to sam presti (laughs) (laughs) like nine mentions today (laughs) again he better be a subscriber sam you better subscribe it's like if i find out you're not a subscriber i'm gonna be very upset this should be automatic one thing I think is they've looked at these guys for so long. We all know this is not a great top of the draft. And they see, just see weaknesses. And we all see the same weaknesses. It's all there. You know, we're saying Wiseman, like, we don't even know if, if that guy's going to be any good just because we like the measurables. We like that he's different than all the other guys. But there's a chance he barely plays as a rookie. I, mean, I think Slater, somebody even wrote, like, like there's very little chance that anybody they draft with number two is going to be in a closing rotation in a playoff game. Very little chance. And especially if it's Wiseman. Slater, don't you got to go to your second job? Uh, okay. I got I got about seven more minutes. Uh, okay, all right. Talk, sure he's going to talk playoffs. With that, with that, seven minutes of crushing Warriors fans' dreams on Giannis. <laughs> seven full minutes. He will never he's gonna go to come here. He's going to Lakers. You know what? Listen, the Lakers are going to get Giannis. This is how I'm going to plot it out. This is how... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just using some equity. I had Warriors fans happy today because I wrote the difference between Lillard and Curry. So I use that equity I earned to just tell them, hey, you're not getting honest. <laughs> I'm being told that I'm wrong. Can we talk a little? Can we end on Lillard? How Lillard's got a great deal right now where his uh, his great exploits are celebrated. and The littler player gets that, I think, too. Like, you know, it's like he's not burdened with the Yonix expectations, the LeBron expectations. Steph is online, too, for you, TK. No, 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 no. no. I think Steph, this is where Steph was, like, you know, before Kerr arrived. It's like, oh my God, he's doing it all by himself. And oh, look, look, but, but then you just hit a plateau like that. You hit, a, like, you, you just, we're not talking about Damian Lillard as one of the best five players in the league. Maybe he could be, but he's not. And I think that's where Steph was, like, you know, in the, in the Clippers series, let's say, or in the Nuggets series. Like, it's just, yeah, he's really, really good. He's really fun to watch, dot, dot, dot. And then LeBron's going to decide who, who the champion is. Then Steph went to another level where he decided who the champion was going to be for five straight years. And Lillard is not there. And we've seen it in a bunch of series, as Anthony really documented well. It's like he runs into, the, you know, he's great. He, he plays against these decent teams, and he, he's the best player on the floor by a lot. Then he runs into the Lakers. He runs into the Warriors every year. He runs into whoever. And they Spurs, Grizzlies back in the yeah, day. He's, he, yeah, he's just stopped cold. And Steph, like, there was a level where Steph was there. At a younger age, frankly, Steph got there quick, got leaped over that quicker than Lillard has. Better teammates, too. And I think that's where Lillard is. Like, oh, isn't you know, it's a really great story, period. And then someone else is going to decide who wins the championship. Kawhi is going to decide who's winning the championship. LeBron's going to decide. And Lillard is at that point. And so he's not blamed for anything. He's not crushed for this. But also, you're not in that conversation. You just aren't. And, you know, I, I did that Kings thing, got Kings fans mad about all the, you know, the all-time players that they passed up. And I skipped Lillard, and I could have put Lillard in there, and all the people reminded me that they picked Thomas Robinson over Lillard. And I put Booker in there ahead of Lillard, and probably wrong on a pure value basis. But, man, I think Booker might really be good. 
Lillard's better now, Booker might get an NBA championship. I, I think he's that good. So I just made that decision in my mind because I just kind of gave Lillard a ceiling, and he, and he's not going to break through it. Certainly not this season. But he's cool. He's yeah, cool he's, as he's the very thing. Because cool. he's, cool. <laughs> he's from the town. That's why. You know I don't understand that's how we the, do it, it in Oakland. I don't. I don't understand the way he waved goodbye to the Thunder. Is a weird way to wave, where he's almost. What is he doing? It's like making a fist as he waves. He's it's like, like ripping wave his hand. and Pac Man at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's a little weird. Like kind of like I'm doing little shadow puppets. But you associate him with that. He's got the two series winners and he has never he, he doesn't do that thing of winning so much that people start to hate you because you beat their team and you do enough of that they start to turn on you in a way it happened to staff so yeah uh, but I, I i interrupted talking about the uh, waving habits of lillard what were you saying anthony i was just saying he's he, he's never even pushed a great team he's one in 12 career in the playoffs against the warriors 4-1 to the spurs 4-1 even to those grit and grind grizzlies Again, that's a lot about the personnel around him. But also, yeah, I mean, look, if, if he was to win a title at any point in his career, I think he would have had to have done it as the number two. I'm f- completely fine with him staying in Portland, being loyal, but that has capped his ceiling as a winner. I have a little Iverson feel for him. You know, like a little little guy fights through it. He has some incredible games. He dominates teams occasionally. And Iverson didn't get the finals once, but like subliminally, we all know that that's not the player who decides who wins a championship. It's just not. And I'll say defense in there. I know people don't love that, but we all know defensively, he's never going to be an important player. He's just not going to be that guy. And and man, Slater, your video with him not not moving after he passed the ball was just so clear. Like there are things that the greater players do, and that really really matter in against toughest opponents and to this point Lillard has not done it and it's been shown it's shown through in these really tough playoff series and that's okay he's a great player that's all those things are true I think I've reached my cap of Oakland shade I think I I, I let it get all the way to the top and now it's running over go (laughs) that off ball Steph movement is what separates them it's why Steph has beat the best defenses it's why he was like even though they didn't beat toronto last year he was still you watch the tape of toronto and he still found ways to get open against i mean you think back on that toronto team the type of defenders they had marcus old kyle lowry Kawhi leonard danny green like that was what a you know serge abaca that was such a smart defensive team family face guarding him yeah you know face guarding him and when that type of stuff happens to lillard he kind of gives the ball up and stands there james harden does it too it's a big james harden problem where Steph beats teams, beats elite defenses because he gives it up and then he just scatters around and he fools them off the ball. And that's just the difference between the two. Um, and he's and got teammates who look for him. I mean, yes, that's also yes, like, yeah. no doubt, no doubt. I do think that's a big deal too. Lillard does act like that's James Harden over there, right? I mean, CJ's a really good player, but CJ's not the player who's like, he might get you through a game, but that's one of the flaws of the, of Portland is there is no counter. It's like, yo, if they get hot, they'll win. <laughs> if they don't, that's it. I do think this is why I've always thought no matter how much, no matter how much shade he gets, right, no matter how many people ride him, when Steph's career is over, everybody will talk about how great he is because of stuff like this. There's a clear delineation between dudes that change the game and great players. And he's done things to make him different and He'll he'll get all the hate now, but I guarantee you and when he retires, Cleveland, Oklahoma City, all these places will stand up and be like, yo, nobody scared me like this dude did. And that's what's different about Steph. That's what's unique about him. But I can't take any more Oakland Shade. He is a town legend. This just has to stop. We we're giving press nicknames to Presty. We're gonna speak <laughs> bad on Dame's name. Like, come on. What does Presty have to do with Oakland? Jeez. <laughs> exactly. Nothing. I, what? <laughs> I gotta hop off and go talk about the Red Hot Lakers. Lake the land. best team in Lake the West right now. The hottest team in the West. I'm gonna make one. I'm gonna make. One, we'll keep on going here. But I'll just say, in my mind, again, we're gonna be accused of being Steph Hawks, but we've watched it, and there were three titles involved. I'm like making a cut. I'm like that's why he's ahead of Steve Nash, two time, another two time MVP. But like Nash did not decide who won the title. 
that was not in his hands. He was a great player with a, some. I mean, those Suns teams were really talented. Sean Marion yeah, and Mark Stoudemire, to, to yeah. and yeah, that, he right? couldn't get through. <laughs> he couldn't get through the Spurs. Couldn't get through the Lake. Whatever. And there were reasons for this. And that's like you just. I think we all we know that we all feel it. But this is a practical thing. Iverson. Nash, there's other players, Lillard. We can just feel it that they aren't the historic force that Steph Curry is, and we've seen it in these playoff series. Portland did not have a chance against the Warriors last season without Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant did not play in that series. There's just obvious practical things that are that play out, and Steph Curry has gotten through all of them, and he, again, has been a huge part either the first or second or third reason why teams have won championships for five straight years that's why he's above it and then there's not many players on that list you know he just like what they're talking is luca better than dirk nowitzki yes what are you guys on that? I, I don't think there's a question luca right wow. now is better than, than dirk ever was i'm saying that wow right now. yep yep boom Yep, absolutely. I mean, did Dirk handle the ball like Luka? Did, was Dirk the point guard? I don't know if I can go with you on that because to think of the context of that era, Dirk was mold-breaking. He was, but I, I, I'm also biased by a 2007 uh, playoff series, by the way. Oh, the year yeah. he won the MVP. <laughs> he won the MVP. And what happened? Being able to handle the ball was a problem, though. It was one of the things they prayed on that. Like, you knew it was like, yo, two dribbles and he get to this spot. And Steve Jackson was like, I'm not going to let you get there. And that was it. But, man, that's tough because LeBron has three titles and not four because of Dirk. And if you take if you take down an all-time great. Dirk's great. I think Luka, man, well, I, I, I think what Luka did in that The potential game for is, him yeah, to be yeah, better yeah. is there, no question. I think Luka will get there. But I think right now I would not go there just because talking to advanced scouts, they said we would call it Novitski where we would have our walkthroughs where we would do something different than we would do for everybody else around that era because because of his ability to shoot the ball. TK was the same dude talking about Anthony Davis is better than David Lee right now. Anthony Davis was at Kentucky and David Lee was an (laughs) all-star game. I am with Tim (laughs) that Luka will get to a level beyond beyond Dirk's height. Here's how I would qualify it. Okay, Dirk was, you know, transformational at that time. Like, he was better in relation to the way the game was played than Luka is to the way the game is played now. If they were on the court together right now, though, in their primes, defenses would have more to deal with with Luka because he handles it. He's up top. He's passing. He's dribbling. He's getting in the lane. He's shooting from 35 feet. He does all those things. And, and he he's big. Yeah. And he's yeah. big, he just, and you can't just bully him. You can't just bully him. That's a big deal. He and Kawhi are the two guys who can get in the lane and finish be- just because. And th- that's why, again, Dirk, at his best, changed the game, no question. And I'm, I got it. I should credit him for that. But, man, Luka right now in the way the game is played, like, they got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and they can't defend him. The Warriors took out Dirk Nowitzki with Steven Jackson and Al Harrington. Took him out with those two guys. I don't think you could do that with, with Luka. That's my point. And I'm biased maybe by, by we believe, but I saw it. it was I mean, we watched it, it live. Yeah, it we watched him say they were going to do it, taunt him while doing it, and then celebrate after doing it. Like Battle-tested Dirk, 2011 Dirk, I think. That's would not, the problem. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. It was a great one. He, and, I mean, he Dirk took down a team that people thought was going to yes, run over He everybody. took down LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. By the way, they should have – could, which, which that team should have won that series. But they should have. They screwed. They screwed that series up. But that's hey. That's to Luke's. That's to to Dirk's credit. Jeez, now you're giving Luca the 2011 title? (laughs) I almost did. I almost did. He's already handed him titles. Uh, One of those guys. One of those guys. Slovenian TK over here. <laughs> Luca is a freaking. There's definitely beast. something about Luca that's beast, different. Yeah, he there's definitely beast. something about Luca that's different. Against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I mean, what have we? Said I mean, it was against Reggie years? Jackson, but let's but he got the switch. That's <laughs> a, that yeah, he did. He did. He did. I would also just caution everybody. Bubble ball is a little different. I mean, it's a little. It's not totally. But different. But not in a weaker way, though, right? A different and a stronger only, way. Only for Paul George. It's also in relation, right? It's in relation, and he's doing it. So Kawhi Leonard's in the bubble too, by the way. 
You know, and so you know, it's, it's not a, like yeah, it's not like Lucas in a bubble. Paul George is yet to uh, enter the bubble. Paul George yeah. is gonna. <laughs> Paul George is wandering around the grounds of Lake Buena Vista or something. I don't know. That's that's the part I didn't understand. It's like, all right, Paul George is struggling offensively. He's clearly pressing. He's a great defender. Put him on Luca. Like, but they just they stuck with the Reggie Jackson. Well, that was uh, a switch. It was a switch, but yeah. It was... I mean, don't let them switch. Like... Yes. Or don't have Reggie Jackson on the floor. I, yeah, mean, I don't yeah, know that they've got someone thing, else. Yeah, yeah I, I was like thinking, why is he on the floor? I, you know, I know they're down some players, but Jesus, I think it would be I different think... if Patrick Beverly's in the game. Yes, no question. Will, no but question. They didn't have him, but okay. Yeah, I understand. You don't have to just concede that, right? Like, yes, they're of course they're going to try to get the switch. This is what LeBron did to Festus Azili, right? But you don't have to just concede it. Like, you can do something about it. And he just cooked Reggie Jackson every single time. And they decided to say, all right, let's see if you can do it one more time. Like, that was crazy. But it felt like, you know, we've heard coaches say this all the time. You get your offense going by playing defense. And maybe that's what it's going to take to get Paul George going is for him to lock in on defense we've seen this dude give clay problems like we've seen it so i don't know why they're like saying okay now go ahead and guard like dorian finney smith like i'll put him in the action that's might that might be what gets him going they might they maybe and maybe they do that for this next game maybe he makes a layup or two too oh god almighty he's short arming at the it's 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 unbelievable what's going on with him Tough, tough deal for playoff P. Tough deal. You know, you got, you got me. Before we go, can I get what y'all said about Brent, uh, uh, Simmons or Embiid? <laughs> I'm, I'm more pro Embiid. I'm a little less Simmonsy, but either one kind of leaves me cold, if I'm honest. Yeah, and I, I don't know that they're going to move either one of them. I'm not sure. I said I like the idea of them more than I think. I don't know how they can the move them, to be honest. Yeah. Like, they got to move Tobias Harris and Al Horford. First. Yeah, but that's how they're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's exactly. They're going to do it by moving one of them, but then that's three dudes you want. Wow. That's yeah, a that, major, that, the major Tobias role. thing, that's the one that screwed them right, right there. And it, it really made, it really helped make the Clippers. You give up assets for a guy who's coming up on a free agent deal who probably isn't worth what he was making already, and then you give him $34 million, whatever that. Like, he's some, making some ridiculous amount of money, and he's not a difference maker. You talk about a non-difference maker. That's Tobias Harris. Gets the numbers, floats around. He ain't going to decide the game. No chance. Patrick Beverly does not get those numbers, and I know you guys think he's a little overrated defensively. I think he's really good. Nah, I mean, he's still a, yeah. he's still and an impact, just, right? Yeah, things he's things impact. matter when he's on the floor. Yeah. Like th- things change. I've always felt Marcus that about Smart is similar. Marcus Smart exactly. is like a better exactly. version of that. Yeah. Exactly. And you know what? There's a reason why the ball always ends up in Marcus Smart's hands at these end of these games, just because it's just he's that kind of player. And why Paul George is like sometimes you forget he's in the offense. Like I like watching Clippers games. I go, is Paul George playing or not? Because I can't tell. And you never say that about Marcus Smart. You never say it about Draymond. You never say that, obviously, Luke. I mean, there's 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 a line there, and I think we all know it. It just and it really comes out in playoffs. Yeah, the ball finds energy, as uh, I think Mike D'Antoni used That's to say. That's pretty good. Really, I like that one. I like that one. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that good players end up with the ball in their hands, and things happen when they have it, and. We've seen so many players where they just, they, they're not there anymore, even though they're supposed to be on the floor. They're not there. And I think the Clippers could use a like Kawhi, obviously, but we're seeing the difference between a Kawhi and a Paul George. Kawhi, the ball finds him. Paul George is running away from the ball. Paul George, playoff P. No, I'm not playoff calling him P. that. Paul George coming back next game, 30 spot. Book it. Marcus, I want to call him. On, I want to call him on that. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> I, look, maybe I'm tooting our own horns over here. I think we do a pretty good podcast. I've been liking our <laughs> pandemic podcast. I got an eye exam at Costco, and uh, the guy giving the exam was a fan of the podcast. So we, we have we have fans out well, there. Last time you said that after our last recording, and it did very, very well. So maybe you're saying it on this recording. It'll do well, too. You're getting eye exams at Costco? <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with that? We're, hey, I can't get them anywhere else, literally. I wanted to go really? to site for sore eyes, and I think they just shuttered because of uh, the pandemic. I mean, 
Costco is the Costco place. Costco has everything. There you go. I haven't been to Costco. By the way, the years, so NBA now will aggregated. Ethan Strauss needs his eyes examined. <laughs> oh. Well, I got him examined. And then I saw then I saw Giannis to the Warriors right after that with that sharp 2020 vision. Before I think I think, they might be, I think they might be okay with that part. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the other thing. It's good. It's a good podcast. Good to pat ourselves on the so, back. So over yeah, here. we're rating our we're reviewing our own podcast. Our our ratings are, are going up, you know. We we don't care that we're competing against these political conventions. We are going through the roof, people. All right, Warriors Plus Minus next week. Next week, we'll figure out who the Warriors can trade for now. Miles Turner. Oh, we'll be down to yeah, Miles Turner. He's pretty good. He's, he's not bad. He's not bad. All right, we're out. <laughs>